Good morning. Good morning. That sounds a little better. Thankful to be here this morning with you. Uh, naturally, I've been coming to this church for quite some time. Is this my water? Yes. I don't usually need water, but today I'm a little dry. Hopefully my preaching ain't as dry as my mouth is, okay? But I'm thankful to be here this morning with you. I've been coming to this church good night since youth group, and that's been a long time ago, more than I want to remember. Um, and she said I was a little older, or getting older and all that kind of stuff. The good news is she's older than I am, so <laughs> that don't, I don't know what that tells about her. But uh, Brother Justin was up here leading the service, getting us started, and he was talking about waiting. And the whole time he was talking about waiting, I said, I wish you'd hurry up because I'm tired of waiting on you too. Sometimes we just have some great days, don't we? And sometimes, I'll tell you, I, some, I heard this a long time ago, that life is too short not to laugh. Sometimes we just need to enjoy life a little more. I don't know about you, but there's enough trouble out there for me to have to worry about, to have to worry about it in here. Amen? Amen? All right, let me give you a little clue. If I say something that you agree with or the Bible agrees with, you say Amen. I go a little faster. I know y'all forgot this, so I'm going to help you out. Because I want to go to lunch sometime today. So if I go, if I don't hear an amen or, hey, what you doing or something, then I stop right there. We back up and we'll talk about that area a little while because I figure you didn't understand it. You're thinking about it or we got a problem. So either way, I've got to back up and make sure you do. So I think we'll do good, don't you? Amen. Thank you. I thought we'd get the picture real quick. There's these little, uh, Charles Stanley told this story here sometime, I don't know, sometime back, and he was talking about how they went and visited some family members, and in their church, they, of course, baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Charles Stanley took his kids, and they, and his, and they went to visit a family member, and, and they noticed they went, the kids went to play outside like kids usually do, and all of a sudden, it got real quiet, and they wasn't hearing the kids, and they said, wonder what those kids are doing. So they kind of snuck around to try to figure out what they're doing. They found them behind the house, and they were sitting there playing church. And I thought, man, that's, you know, you read it, and you think about it. That's pretty nice, isn't it? There's a bunch of kids playing church. Well, his daughter was the pastor of the day, apparently. And uh, the daughter was sitting there, and the kids were in the congregation, and they had the cat as uh, the subject of the matter, and he sat there, and he was going to baptize the cat. <laughs> yeah, I've done that too, and it doesn't work out well. I'm telling you personal experience. But anyway, they were going to baptize the cat. And so she sits there, and she says this sweet little prayer over this cat as she's getting ready to dunk him in this water. And she says, and it ends it up, she says, in the name of the Father and the Son, and in the hole you go, and there he goes. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've had some great days in the church. God has blessed me over the years. I have had some amazing times where God just comes down and just moves in a mighty way where I feel the Spirit of God as real as I can feel. I feel like I'm almost ready to fly on home. Have you ever been there? You know what I'm talking about, right? We've had camp meetings in this congregation right here in this church, how God has just come down and overwhelmed us with a sweet spirit that you can't describe. You couldn't tell somebody else it's so good, it feels so good. You just, you just feel lighter, you feel happier, you feel blessed. You just don't know, you, there's not enough adjectives to describe what you feel. 
we've had some amazing services in our congregation even recently and and one time the the congregation got really happy because i didn't even preach that day on a sunday morning I kept wondering, are they happy that we, did, that we had such a great service or are they happy that I didn't preach? I was kind of wondering which side it was. But either way, we had an amazing service. People was at the altar crying and praying and, and I was just rejoicing. I was thinking, thank the Lord. This is amazing. But then Mondays come. After the Sunday, the Mondays come. And after the great time in the Lord, after the great reunion with the Spirit of God, without, with, all, with all the great stuff that happened in church, you're fired up and ready to conquer the devil, ready to destroy him, put a bruise on his head and stomp his toe. You, you just feel so good you can't hardly stand it on Sunday, but, and then you get up on Monday. And I wonder sometimes what happens while I'm sleeping. Because on the, when I go to bed, I feel good in my body, my mind, my spirit. I'm really, I'm really doing good. And then I just go to sleep. And I'm not sure what my wife does to me. But I wake up with crooks in my neck and back and pain in my back and, and soreness in my legs. And I'm thinking, what happened all night long while I was sleeping? Sometimes you don't even have to do anything. But Monday comes. And when Monday comes, it seems like it just falls apart. I, I don't know if you've ever had experience with that, but it seems like you're doing good one day, and the next day it just seems like everything comes tumbling down. Right. Well, I want to read you a Bible story you're no doubt aware, well, uh, excuse me, well aware of uh, that I think is going to bless us tonight or this morning. In Mark chapter 9, Mark chapter 9, excuse me, let's do Luke first. Luke and Mark are testifying of the same account. In Luke chapter 9, we're going to read a few verses, and forgive me for reading so long, but I'm trying to get the point across here. In Luke chapter 9, verse 1, Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all the devils and to cure diseases. Isn't that amazing? Uh, by the way, he still does that. I know there's a lot of churches today that don't believe he can still do that, but he's the same today as he was then. And so I still claim the same power that they do then because God still anoints his people. Amen? Amen? Amen. I'm going to get you woke up whether you like it or not. You just get, you, get easy, chair, get your pillows because we're going to get woke up here in a minute. And he says in verse 2, And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said unto them, Take nothing for your journey, uh, neither staves, nor scrip, neither bread, neither money, neither have two uh, coats of peace, and whatsoever house ye enter into there abide, and, and thence depart. And whosoever not, will not receive you when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust of your feet from a testimony against them. And then they departed. God prepared, Christ prepared them, and then in the verse in verse six it says, and then they departed. And here's what happened. I'll be honest, I'm going to skip the, a little bit. It, says, it happened what, exactly what Jesus said was going to happen. Because uh, that's what always happens. Right. When Jesus says it, it, you might as well count it as done, right? Yeah. When he says that you have the power, you have the power. When he says you're redeemed, you're redeemed. When he says you're saved, you're saved. I don't care what they say. I don't care what popular belief says. What I want is what Jesus says. Yeah. What Jesus says changes my life. What they say depresses me most of the time. Right. Amen? All you got to do is talk, tur turn on any news channel. You can get depressed anytime you want. You don't even have to pay for it hardly. 
But in verse 6 it says, And they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and hearing everywhere. Healing, excuse me, healing everywhere. And even Herod the Tetrarch was amazed. And the Bible uses this word in King James. Says, he was perplexed. I'd like to perplex a few people today. Yeah. Amen? I'd like to see the perplexion of the Holy Spirit move on this congregation, in our communities, in our families, in our lives. I want to see the perplexion of the Spirit of God move so powerfully that we are once again the church of the living God, Amen. not a dead God. Amen? I'm not interested in a dead God. I, I, I know there's a bunch of dead gods out there that a lot of people serve, but I want to hear about the living God, the one that saves me. Not only is He living, but He makes me alive. And not only alive, but he says, I've got an abundant life. Right. Now, if you'll take that same story, and then I'm going to go over to Mark, and I'm going to catch what he's saying here in verse 14. So we're still continuing with that story. And then he came to this disciples, and he saw a great multitude about them, and the scribes were questioning with them. So in Luke and in Mark as well, he talks about how the disciples went out, and they preached the gospel, and there's multitudes getting healed. Man, could you imagine what that felt like? Could you imagine being the presence? Even if you weren't the, them, you could still enjoy the presence of the Spirit of God. You see, when you have this power in the Spirit of God, it's not just about what you're doing because you're not really doing anything. All you're the, doing is the, being the vessel, the instrument that God uses. And there's a lot of folks, unfortunately, and behind pulpits and in, 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 in choirs and singing behind microphones and all, and they get so full of their self that they forget they didn't do a thing. It's all about what he's doing. And if it was not for him, I couldn't get out of the bed. In fact, some days I have a hard time getting out of bed with him. So I wouldn't want to live without him. How about you? I know you all young folks, you don't understand what I'm talking about. You're getting there. You'll get there. God wants to do miracles today. Do you believe that? Not only wants to, but he's looking for a body of believers to do it in. Amen? So when we get to Luke, and we start, excuse me, Mark, in verse 9, and reading in verse 14, same group of people, same that went out preaching, same that went out healing, and now listen what happened. In Luke chapter 9, verse 37, it says, and the next day. I didn't read it, but you can turn there. It says, and the next day. So it took one day. Now listen what? In verse 14. And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them, and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld them, they were greatly amazed and running to him and saluted him. And he asked the scribes what question you have with them. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out and they that done all the preaching yesterday, that done all the healing yesterday, and these sad words were saying, and they could not. Verse 19 says, And he answered him and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? 
How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, Of a child. And oft times it hath cast him into the it cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Yeah. Now remember that. All things are possible if thee believes. That's what Jesus said. That's Jesus speaking. Makes you wonder why his disciples just a few verses up and didn't do exactly what he's saying. He said all things were possible. So why didn't the disciples be able to cast this demon out of this child? And then he says in verse 21, and straightway the father of the child cried out and he says, oh, with tears, with tears. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And then when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying to them, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no, in, enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and ran him sore and came out of him, and he was one as one dead, insomuch that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he rose. And when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately. You know why they did it privately, right? You understand why they did it? Because they were ashamed that they couldn't do what Jesus said. Jesus, I just read to you that Jesus had given them power over all the demons to be able to heal all sicknesses. And they'd done that the day before. But this day, the next day, unfortunately they had an issue. They asked Jesus, why couldn't we do it? They'd done it privately. And they said, Jesus, why couldn't we do this? And he said unto them, can come forth by nothing but most believers, if not all believers, they have good days, but I've certainly had my share of bad ones. There's been good times in churches, and I have had relationships with people over the years. Many of you have known for many, many years, and you've become dear, sweet friends, cherish, you get to see, and just great. It feels like a family reunion. You might not feel that way, but I'm just going to stick. If you don't feel that way, it's all right. Just, just don't share it. I like to be ignorant on this point. But I just thank the Lord for every time I get to be with you. I love those sweet spirit churches and perfect people in those perfect churches. And you've never had any problem outside of any issues at all. But for the rest, things said, to us, things said to us that destroy us, that cut us to the very core. And we might put on a good front. I might put on a good face. You know, I don't break my bones. But words will not. I tell you what, the worst has ever laid hand on me because I don't like that very much. But uh, uh, I've, never heard, I've never remembered words that words are the Bible says out of the mouth is life and death. And I got news for you. There's a lot of church, you know, that bad church. Talk to them about it because they have all kinds of issues down there. But for us, we need to understand that words have very much power. These disciples, i got to move on so I can get you out of here because I know you're hungry. You're looking hungry. Bless your hearts. Every one of you anemic and, and got things going on. But most of us believers, we have all kinds of issues. And we have good days and great days and God's spirit-filled days, but then there's days that we don't feel so good. Uh, I want to read something that John MacArthur said in a book. He's called it The Next Day. Listen to what he says in 
He says, it's detailed in Luke 9, 37. That's where he says in the next day. He says that on the next day when they were come down from the hill, the hill of transfiguration, you know, where they went up the mountain, they see Jesus transfigured. And with a, a, it was a wonderful event in their life. It was a spirit-filled event in their life. Changed them forever. And where they heard the voice of God say, this is my beloved son. And many people met him. Listen to what it says. The contrast between the two events were striking. I like these words. Listen. He said the hill of transfiguration and the moment where the disciples could not heal this child. Here's what it says. Transfiguration happened on a mountain, but this happened in a valley. In the transfiguration there was glory. This there was suffering here. In the transfiguration God dominated the scene. Here it seemed like Satan dominated the scene. In the transfiguration, the heavenly father was pleased in the incident. On the, an earthly father, in this situation, the earthly father was tormented. In the transfiguration, there was a perfect son. and this one, there was a perverted son. At the transfiguration, fallen men were in holy wonder. In this story, there was a fallen son and an unholy whore. You see, the spiritual high that they were on, the, the domination, the, the conquering of the spirits and the conquering of the disease was over and they had come to reality, that they come to realize that there's something different here. There's a lot of church folks that depend on their rituals. Well, we've always done it this way, so it ought to work now. These disciples figured well, we healed all these other people. We cast out all these other demons, and it worked perfectly. There was no issues. Why, Jesus, can't we do this one? What's different about this one? I got news for you. There was nothing different about the demon. But this one had a different disciple. They had to have a faith that was unwavering. They had to have prayer that was unceasing. They had to have a power that only Holy Spirit can give them. They got so full of them that they couldn't handle him. He said, this kind. I like to just dwell on that little words right there. This kind. There's a this kind. I got news for you, whether you realize it or not. There's a this kind in this world right now. This kind coming out. Listen. This kind is running rampant in our world. This kind is destroying families. This kind is hooking kids on drugs. This kind is destroying lives on alcohol. This kind has people got looking at pornography and not satisfied with their wives or their husbands anymore. This kind is taking churches and ripping them apart. This kind is taking families and destroying them and breaking them apart and they don't even talk to one another anymore. This kind is what the devil's doing to people when they don't have the power of the Holy Holy Spirit and the love of God in their heart. Amen. This kind is what so many, too many times we're fighting against in the church. And we say, hold it, we've done good in the past. Why are we doing good now? It's because of this kind. This kind, that where we can't talk to each other across the pews or across the church. This kind, when we don't have the love of God like we act like we did for many years. This kind is when we're having issues and we're not running to Jesus, we're running to somebody else on the phone. This kind that has gossip all over the place. This kind that rips your heart out and throws it on the ground and just destroys you. This kind is what causes all kinds of problems.
And I want to know what we're going to do about this kind. Amen. I want to know what we're going to do about this kind. You say, hold it. You're saying we got a demon possession here? I'm saying there's a worldly a spirit in this world that's destroying churches all over. It's a plague. It's worse than COVID ever thought about it. I hate to say that word anymore. It's worse than anything we've got a hold of. This kind has been spread all over the place. This kind of humanism where we are in control. This kind where we think we're it and God's on the side note. I'm telling you there's like this kind of spirit that's running rampant. My question to us as a church of the living God, what are we going to do about this kind? This kind that destroys the churches and splits the people where they don't come together anymore. This kind where they're thrown to the four winds and we don't ever see them again. This kind where people used to be saved and now they're not. This kind where we used to see the altars full and now they're barren. This kind is destroying us. There's a this kind of spirit and I want to know this morning, what are we going to do? You see, Jesus said, this kind. There's an answer to it, but it's not what you're doing. It's what he's got to do. Amen. You see, they depended on what they used to do. They depended on what they knew. They depended on what they'd done yesterday. But yesterday's spirit don't help today's problem. Yesterday's, it, yesterday's victory don't help today's defeat. Yesterday's mountaintop don't help today's valley. We need something different. We need a fresh stirring. We need a fresh anointing of God's Holy Spirit. We need a fresh injection of energy and zeal and wisdom and power. We need a fresh Jesus in our hearts and lives. We can't go on what we were when we were 13 years old. We can't go on what mama and daddy talked about when we was growing up. We can't go on what happened yesterday. I need a, this kind, this present time. I need something now. And whether you know it or not this morning, you do too. You come in here as a drug addict, honey, you can have, you got this kind. You come here addicted to something you got of this kind. But I'm telling you, there's a Jesus that's still alive and well. And just like he rebuked that kind of spirit, he can rebuke whatever you got bound up, whatever's got you messed up, whatever's got you hindered, whatever's stopping your way to Jesus, he can take care of that just like that. I'm glad he didn't have to wait 30 days to do it. That little boy might have been dead. I'm glad he didn't have to wait for some committee to vote on it. Whether you think we ought to let him do this or not, I guarantee you they'd have put it down because it ain't the way they thought they should be done. I'm thankful that he didn't just go on what the church thought because the church of the day hated Jesus. I'm thankful that he had a bigger authority than what was standing in front of him or around him. And his authority was a father which art in heaven. And he said, this kind's going to come out. But I'm going to show you how it's going to come out. I ain't depending on what you can do. I ain't depending on what I can do. I'm depending on what he's already done. Amen. Amen. And he's given me victory, praise the Lord. Victory over what, Donald? I can tell you what he gave you victory over. He gave you victory over everything. If you believe all things, I don't know if you know in that little book called the Bible, but in this little words, I love these little words called all. Go through your Bible one day. It's a good Bible study. Go through your Bible and just underline all the alls in your Bible. 
He said, all things. That means there's nothing left behind. There's nothing that's in, 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 impossible. There's nothing you can't do. But you got to believe. You got to believe. Oh, what do I got to believe in? The hierarchy? The, the, the church body? The church rituals? A lot of churches are doing that very thing. I, there's churches all around us in Dayton, Ohio that's going on rituals. People come to our little congregation and they sit there and they say, wow, there's something different. I said, what's different do you think? And he said, well, our preacher never preaches. They got one lady comes to our congregation. She says, well, our, the preacher down the road that I used to, big mega church, huge mega church, people by the thousands come to that church. And they said, that, that guy, he's a psychologist. And he's a pastor, right? Yeah, yeah, he just tells us, you know, what we need to do is fix our head and, and make her think right. And he said, there, he's a psychologist. I said, really? I said, she said, yeah, but you're different. I said, uh-oh. I couldn't wait for the brutal tooth, truth to come out because this woman just tells you exactly what she's thinking. I said, okay, what's that? She says, you're a pastor. You're a preacher. I said, is that good? Because I'm a little confused. She said, yeah, that's what we ought to have. They go to our congregation today. I'm nothing great. I can promise you that. I, I, I have nothing to offer anybody. I, I can't think of two words by myself. I can't get out of the bed on my own. I can't even drive to go somewhere. I have to have that little box. And she says, you need to turn right. She not only needs to tell me once, she tells me three times before the turn gets there. That's how dumb I am. And no, I'm trying to be well chauvinistic, but it's a woman speaking to me. She, a woman's giving me direction. My, my wife is terrible at direction, but apparently this woman knows where I'm going. And I'm thankful she's around. So when she tells me, sometimes I get a little frustrated after the second or third time. I say, honey, I'm trying to. I got to wait on the red light. It's funny how she don't answer back. <laughs> y'all have that same problem. I can tell some of y'all is guilty too. If it wasn't for that little lady in the box, I'd, I'd still be lost. I wouldn't know how to get home. I moved to Dayton, Ohio. They had more than three streets, and we're not used to that in Kentucky, so we didn't have a clue. I didn't know where I, where do you go? They all look the same. All the houses look the same. All the streets look the same. I thought, why? Well, there's too many to remember. Where am I supposed to go? That woman just told me. Can I tell you something? There's this kind in the world. There's destroying people all over the place. They're destroying your families right now. They're trying to destroy this church if you, we let it. But I got news for you. It ain't a woman in a box, but it's a, a man that wrote a word in a book. And he's guided us and led us and give us the power and the belief and the faith to be able to go and turn and do and say what we need to to be able to overcome this kind. And that same man that wrote, helped write this book or inspired men to write this book, he also went to the right hand of the Father and he says he'd make an intercessory prayer for us right now. Can you imagine? He's the best lawyer. I need him. I need that kind of intercessory prayer. I need that person on my side because if it wasn't for Jesus, I'd be honest with you, I don't know where I'd be. I'm as dumb as a box, uh, rocks in a box, man. I, I don't have a clue how to do anything, how to do it, turn right. I don't know how to get up out of the bed. I don't know how to say anything. But I tell you, I told my mother one time when I was about 15 years old, dumbest statement I've ever made. Well, one up, I've got to put them in a, in a little category. 
because there's probably more than that. My wife will be glad to remind me later of all the dumb sizes, but let's just stick with this one right now. I told my mother I'll never be caught in other churches. I think God was sitting back on his heavenly throne looking at me, laughing his head off. Because I'm in more churches now than I am most people that is a breathing. I think is that I'll show you, Hoss, who the boss is. I'll show you what you, I'll show you who's in control of you. I am. Listen to me, I'm thankful it's that way. I'm thankful I have a hand that still guides me. I think I have a, I'm thankful I have a heavenly voice that still speaks peace in my life. And there's stillness. I'm thankful that I live for a God that still loves me with all of his heart. I'm thankful that he's loved me so much that not only did he give me his word, not only did he uh, give me himself sitting at the right hand of the Father, but he also gave me his spirit. He says, he says I'm going to go back to the Father and I'm going to be there, but I'm, gonna send, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send you somebody and his name is the Holy Spirit. Some of you like to call him the Holy Ghost. I just call him awesome. Because that Holy Spirit moves on my heart when I feel low and lonely and I don't know what to do or where to turn or how to, how to do. I don't know what to, how to handle a situation. I don't know how to take care of a kid that's lost sometimes. I don't know how to counsel people that's having marital issues. But the Holy Spirit just kind of overcomes my weaknesses and makes me strong and, and it makes me look good. I love it sometimes when I'm doing a marriage counsel. I always got my wife with me because she has great wisdom. <laughs> I was going to say something, but it ain't nice. <laughs> I was about to say I ain't found it yet, but no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We've been married for 30 years because I learned to keep thoughts like that to myself, so I'm sorry for saying it. She is an amazing woman, a wise woman, and she'll sit there and sometimes we'll be in a, a, a marriage counseling and she has her point of view because she's a woman and I, I don't understand their side of the view. And so she'll say something and, to the lady or to the, what you're feeling and it's just amazing. And I'm sitting there looking at her and thinking, wow, that's my wife. <laughs> I'm really proud of her, you know. And then I'll talk to them and thank God we've never lost a couple yet. By God's grace, we've never lost a couple yet. That blows my mind, but God's always. And I'm able to, the next one comes in with the issues, I'm able to come in and I'll say, listen, thank God we've not lost a couple yet, and I don't want you to be the first ones. I know you can make it. I've seen it happen before. I not only have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I have my wife who is amazing, but I have experience that shows me that it is possible. I'm not just talking about something that somebody told me or read in a book somewhere or heard somebody talk about. I'm not talking about something I've just seen on Facebook. Even though I know that's a great viable source of information, obviously, because people tell me all the time about something amazing that's happened in the world. And I said, where'd you see that? Facebook? Oh, well. <laughs> drop the mic, stop the sins. it's all done. It's on Facebook, you know it's got to be right. I love it when people say, well, they said. So, well, if they said, let's just call it done. Let's put it in writing. Let's just take this Bible and start writing that in the book because you know it's got to be true. If they, if they, I always wondered, who is they? But I'm not depending on they. I'm not depending on Facebook. I depend on the Spirit of God moving in our hearts. Yes. And Jesus said, now let's tack it down and we'll quit. 
Jesus said this kind will come out by prayer and fasting. This kind will come out by prayer and fasting. This kind that's trying to destroy you can come out of you. This kind, the stumbling block that you're dealing with can be stopped. This kind can be taken care of. This kind can be healed. This cancer that you're dealing with right now can be taken away and could never more be seen again. You say, I don't know if I believe that anymore. Let me just tell you by experience that we've got people in our congregation right now stage four cancer that is free of cancer because of this kind being overcome by him. Amen. Amen. And if you would like their names and numbers to call them, I'd be happy to give it to you. Because we're thankful that God moved and removed this kind out of them. We've seen marriages that's been almost to the brink of destruction, completely separated. Uh, December before last, on a Christmas day, a, a man come in our congregation, never seen him before in his life. Then he come to our congregation because we had church on Christmas. I know, blow my mind thought. But we did it anyway. And the man came to church and he sat there and I got to know him a little bit and he was separated from his wife. They were on the brink of destruction. They had been hooked on everything and they were completely destroyed. They had no hope. And we began to pray and ask the Lord to help. And I'm telling you, that guy and his wife have been reunited and he's now the head of our men's ministry. This kind can be fixed. This kind can be mended. This kind can be broken and then made whole again. This kind can be taken care of. Because I met the man, the wonderful man named Jesus, that took care of that kind, and he can take care of your kind. Amen. Well, I've been praying for years, preacher. I don't know what to do anymore. I'm telling you what you do. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep having faith. Keep trusting. Keep hanging on to Jesus because he's the answer to that kind. Well, I got kids on drugs. He's healed them before. He's mended them before. He can do it again. Amen. I don't know if I believe it. That's your problem. It ain't a problem. I want you to understand the problem. It ain't a problem that God has. It's a problem that we have. God don't have no problems. He's overcome every enemy he's ever faced. We're the ones that have the problems. We can't grasp that there's a God that's bigger than what we have a problem with. Instead of looking at a big God, we look at our little, big, little, our thinking, our big problem. Today I want you to think that he said pray. Pray means that you're going to connect yourself to God. It's a simple matter of just connecting to God. My wife and I went on the first date, asked her where she wanted to go. She wanted to go to Long John Silver's. She hates Long John Silvers. She wanted to go Long John Silvers. I paid what little money I had, and it wasn't much. But I wanted to show her a good time and make sure that I looked big in her eyes. So I took her to Long John Silvers, put out most of my money that I had in my wallet on that big old fish dinner. And then I watched her, and she didn't even take a bite. I was so flustered and aggravated, I'm thinking in my head, oh, you've got to be kidding me. 
Do you know how long I've saved just to buy that big old fish dinner, a fish and more for you, and you're not going to eat? Listen, my eyes were saying, this is trouble, red flags everywhere. What the world are you doing? Get out, run while you can. That's what I see. That's what I was thinking. Now, it took me 30 years and a lot of praying and reading to get over that, and I just told her what I was thinking. So I might be in trouble later. I might be thinking something else. Run while I can. <laughs> but I was sitting there looking at her and she wasn't eating. But aren't you glad that I'm glad that I didn't go on what I thought, what I seen, what I experienced. You know what I went on? There's something different about this girl. I mean, sure, she's beautiful. Sure, she's Intelligent. I guess she was intelligent. She never said hardly anything in the whole conversation, so I don't know what she really was thinking, but she's probably thinking, I better run while I can. But after almost 30 years, 29 and something days, months now, 30 years of next January, we've been married. Sometimes the devil wants to make you look like you're in trouble. There's no way out. There's no hope. There's no help. Give up. Quit. Why waste your time? Don't go on what you see. Faith is not going on what you see. It's going on what you can't see. Sometimes I don't see a way that the United States of America is ever going to get right again. The days of old that I loved and grew up under seem like they're long gone and never coming back. But that's what I can see. I forget sometimes, and I forgive me, I'm just a preacher. I'm not a holy and, and got wings under my clothes and, and halos as I've checked in at the door like you all, but I, I, sometimes I forget there's a big God that can handle big problems just as good as he can the little problems. And my big God can handle whatever's going on in this country, whatever's going on in this church, and whatever's going on in your family. Amen. This kind can come out by prayer. Can I tell you something? We have lost the days or losing the days, I should say, of a great thing called prayer warriors in the church. Go ahead and say amen. It's true. Used to, we knew the, the potency and the power. We knew the presence of God in prayer changed everything. We made acronyms like push, pray until something happens. And we honestly believed it. Until... We now come to an age where we're so scientifically amazed by our own selves. We're so blown away by our own intelligence. Now we don't need prayer. We don't need God. All we need to do is get a committee. All we need to do is get popular belief. All we got to do is get a bunch of people to agree with us and it's okay. I got news for you. This kind only comes out by prayer. Prayer means connecting myself to God in some deep-founded relationship way. I need to connect to God. You say, hold oh, I've been going to church. I'm not talking about going to church. I'm not talking about sitting in the pews. We can get ourselves in such a ritual that we're used to doing certain things and think that's going to solve it all. It ain't. Rituals never solved anything. In fact, what they did was hindered the work of God most of the time. We come in, we sing her a couple songs, we choir does a song, we get a preaching, we get out of here by 12 o'clock. I got plenty of time. 
We say our little prayers. We do our little testimony every great while and then. We're fine because we're the church and we just do what we do. Let me tell you something. I think God's ready to stir something up. I think he's ready to change some things. I think he's ready to make some things happen. I think he's ready to raise some people up. And I think he's ready to get some people out of the way. I think God's able to do great things. You know why? Because I've been praying and God's been talking to me just like he, I talked to him. And he tells me a few things and he still loves me enough to be able to communicate with me. Because I've got a relationship with him. How about you? I ain't going on what I see. I'm going on what I know. That God's able to do everything. But let me tell you something. He don't just say pray. He says pray and this is a word we don't even like to talk about anymore. When we say fast, that just means when you get behind a car and you get in the driver's seat and you sit there and you have a gas pedal called an accelerator. That's high term top terminology. I like to use that every now and then because I'm a Kentuckian. And we use a lot of high terminology, but we use an accelerator and we push that accelerator faster and down farther to the, to the floor. And guess what happens? I'm in heaven. My wife, we was coming from Kentucky up to Ohio last night after watching this amazing, miraculous spectacle of humanity called basketball. And the University of Kentucky, somebody in our congregation gave us tickets. And we haven't been in a game for years because they're too loud, too noisy, screaming. We ain't young no more. But we took the tickets because they're really good seats right on the half-court line, just a few rows up. And, man, we were having a blast. But on the way back up here, there's, some, there's a goofy area around Florence, or a little north or south of Florence, Kentucky. And it's, it's three lanes going two different directions. I mean, it, it's a super highway. And it says 55 mile an hour. I'm thinking in my rational mind that I happen to have, and I try to think, what in the world are they thinking having a three-lane highway going one direction and another three lanes going another And they want to put 50. Listen, this ought to be the, 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 the area where you just open her up, baby. Push her down and see how fast she goes. And I'm just trailing along with all the rest of the traffic, maybe passing a few or two or ten. But I'm hitting the accelerator, and as I'm doing it, she says, do you know how fast you're going? I said, just as fast as everybody else. She said, you're going 80 miles an hour. I almost thought, I almost, 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 I come a hair of looking at her and say, you don't think that's fast enough? <laughs> you think I ought to speed up a little bit more? But I didn't. I said, huh, that is interesting. And I just kept right on going 80 miles an hour. Never slowed me down. There's this thing called fasting, and it's not got anything to do with cars, but it's called sacrifice. We need to learn to sacrifice for somebody else. This is the old-fashioned term that the church don't use much anymore, but fasting means I'm willing to lay my being down, my, my pleasure's down, my comfort down, because I want to get a hold of God, because I need something to have. 
Some people in our world today, every while and then, if you'll hear about it at all, most of the time you don't even hear about it, but it's fasting. Sometimes they'll give up water or they'll give up drinks or they'll give up food or they'll give up something. Now we've gotten to where we caterize. We, we, we cater fasting. We'll just say, oh, just do it for two hours. Two hours will do it. Yeah, we don't want you to suffer too long because that's between breakfast and lunch. And so we, we'll just say, we're going to fast between breakfast and lunch. You always do that anyway. I don't know how we say that's sacrifice, but maybe in your mind it is. I wonder this morning as we get ready to close here in a moment, how much praying, I mean genuine, heartfelt, God-fearing prayer do we have going on in our lives? We'll take a poll. I want you to raise your hand. I want you to actively raise your hand this time. It's a, it's a very simple question. It should be easy. Well, it shouldn't hurt a soul. That's why I'm going to ask you to do it because simply I won't do that if I think I'm going to hurt anybody or offend anybody. But how many of you have lost family members in your, in your family or lost friends? Raise your hand. Just raise it high. It won't hurt you. If you've got bad shoulders, just kind of do this number. That's what I've learned to do here lately. We'll get loving Jesus and we'll get happy. I'll just do this number because that way I don't have to lift my shoulder. But raise your hand real high, both of you. Everybody. Everybody's got lost family members, lost friends, lost neighbors. Can I ask you something? Does that bother you? Now, you know the right answer in church, right? What? Yes, yes, preacher, it bothers me. Can I ask you something more? Does it bother you outside of church? Can I go a little farther if you don't mind? I'm going to, so you just might as well shake your head yes. I'm going to anyway, whether you say yes or no. I've kind of got that. You can talk to me at the door, but I'm just going to ask you. Does it bother you enough out of church to be praying and seeking God and crying tears of burden on your heart? Is it talk, is it, is it, does it hurt you enough? Does it make you so uncomfortable? Are you so concerned about someone else? Maybe it's your son or daughter, grandchildren. Maybe it's a friend, neighbor, or who, somebody else you work with. I don't know who it is. I don't, I, it doesn't matter that really much. What I really matters is, are you concerned about anybody? except for me. I'm not trying to be mean or cold. I promise you, I'm not nobody's judge. I am not perfect, don't even claim to be. I just try to do what God tells me to do. But I got news for you. I got room to move up in this too. I love Floyd Crouch. He's one of my favorite people in all the world. He, he and I have played golf together uh, since I've been coming up here and started playing golf. And I love playing with him. Uh, he, he just he, he hits the ball on the wrong side of the golf ball because he's left-handed, but he tries real hard. <laughs> but what, what I love about him is every year we'd come to camp meeting and we'd get to t a few moments together and we'd get to go play golf together. And, and, you know, there was a gang of us that kind of went, but I love it when I got paired with him because I'd watch his attitude and action. He didn't care about nothing. He'd just sit there and beat little fellas like me and just don't even pay attention. But... But when I'd come back that night to church for a camp meeting, I'd run into this little woman about this tall, maybe, maybe that tall. It was Floyd's mama. And if you knew anything about Sister Crouch, she was a powerhouse. She was like dynamite, little package, but man, a big heart. I loved that woman until I come to church that night. I loved her. Dearly, because when I come to church and she's seen me, she says, hey, 
Brother Donald, how you doing? I said, well, I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. It's good to see you. Glad to have you around. I just love seeing you. She says, there's a potent question. What have you been doing this afternoon? And I know what's coming because I got it almost every year. So my head would kind of droop and my look at the floor and, and I could still see her because she's shorter than me. And so I'm still looking in her eyes, so I tried to look up, and I tried to avoid her because I knew what I was going to say. I said, well, we had prayer. She said, prayer? I said, yeah, prayer. We prayed uh, with each other, had a good fellowship of prayer on the grounds. Prayer on the grounds? Yeah, it's called golf. It's prayer on the grounds. We prayed, Lord, please let this ball go where I want to hit it. I want you to please help me to be able to swing this club like I should swing it. And then after my foolishness got done, she would look at me with look at intent in her eyes and she would say, do you know how many people's in a nursing home right now that need somebody to reach out and love them and bless them and help them and pray with them? Do you know how many people's in the hospital that would like somebody to come to visit them? Do you know how many people's lost right around us that can be affected by the time you have and use it for them and for God's glory. Now, she said it in love. I love that woman still to this day. She's, she's went on to get her reward, but I'll just be honest with you. Conviction, every time she said it, whether she was being lighthearted about it, whether she's being serious, I never did ask because I was convicted because she was right. I wonder this morning, how many lives are you affecting? How many souls have you entered in? How many homes have you visited? How many hospital beds have you come to? How many nursing homes have you visited? How, how, what are we doing? Because this kind's out in the world, and we like to talk about that old nasty, ugly world all the time. But can I tell you something? This kind can enter in our church too. This kind can make our church unconcerned. This kind can make us comfortable, relaxed, and cold. This kind will make us routine and not look, we'll look more for rituals than we will relationships. This kind can destroy our church and never even see it. This kind can separate us and tear us apart. We like to look at all these bad people out there robbing banks and, and laying with other people's wives or husbands. We like to look at all these ugly things, but can I tell you something? This kind's working on churches all over our land this morning, and we need to get serious about this kind because the only way you're going to get this kind out of this church and every other church is by praying and seeking God and building your relationship with Him and fasting sacrificially, saying, God, I'm willing to give all all on the altar of sacrifice I lay. You see, I don't think Jesus is looking for your food. I think Jesus is looking for your life. Amen? He's not looking for what you got. He's looking for who you are. He doesn't want a sacrificial, sacrificial two hours. He wants a sacrificial life that you live every day. Whoever's going to lead the singing, come on up. As I climb off of this pulpit here in a minute, or this podium, 
I want to ask you as I try to close this message. If we're honest with ourselves, let's face it. There's some of this kind here in my heart that I have to fight against. Some things that's going on in our lives that shouldn't be there. I've seen this church over the years blessed and spirit-filled. Man, as soon as you come on the grounds, it just feels like you're ready to jump for joy. There's some power in the place. You say, yeah, they got to do something. I agree. I'm not even going to argue with you. They do. Whoever they are, they do. Can I tell you what I found out? I'm not going to wait on they, whoever they are, to determine where I go and what happens to me. I'm not going to let somebody else de determine what might happens with my spirit, my soul, my life, my family. I like the good old-fashioned verse that says, as for me and my family, we're going to determine our hearts to serve the Lord. If nobody else in this world does it, if nobody else in this church does it, we're going to praise him because he's worthy. We're going to honor him because he's God. We're going to bless him because he gave all to me and I deserve to give all to him. This kind's not going to have a place in my heart. This kind's not going to have a place in my time. This kind's not going to have a place in my family because I say I claim the blood. Jesus will do everything you need and so much more. But you've got to get rid of this kind. I wonder this morning, I wonder this morning if you would be honest. i got to be honest with you. I don't know how it would be anything else anymore. I'm getting older. I'm getting more sassy. I don't know what you call it. But let's just tell you the way it is. I'm done with the flirty stuff. I'm done with everything, you know, trying to make people feel good about themselves so they can get right with Jesus. You need Jesus. We all need Jesus. And to be very honest, every one of us in this place, in this building, everyone to listen to the sound of my voice on Facebook or YouTube or wherever it goes, if we would be very honest, every one of us have been bitten by this kind too long. And it's time, church. It is time. Today's the day. Today's the day to determine my heart. I don't care what everybody else does. I'm going with Jesus. I'm tired of being lethargic in my spirit. I'm tired of being lackadaisical. I'm tired of being comfortable. I'm tired. I'm sick and tired. When my mama that big would tell me she's tired, you can just keep doing what you want to do. But when she said she's sick and tired, you knew you better get to where she told you to get in a hurry. Because there's trouble on the side. Because daddy's coming home pretty soon. I'm sick and tired. And I've got news for you. Jesus is coming back soon. He's coming back soon. This is not a time to play games. This is not a time to just sit and let life go by. This is a time to get on the firing line. This is a time to get on our knees and pray. This is a time to seek God. This is a time to let the Spirit of God raise us up and shine into this old dark world. This is the time. 
Jesus says, you can do all things. My question this morning, are you doing it though? I love you. Sincerely, wholeheartedly. I have some of you I don't even know. But God's put a, a love in my heart for people. Some of them I don't even want to love, I don't think, some days, but I love them anyway. Some of them irk me to the core, but I love them anyway. In Jesus' name, I love you. But can I tell you something? I'd be amiss to tell you that everything's fine. Everybody's, everything's good. Just keep doing what you're doing. It's all all right. No, it ain't. I love you. I really do. I think... I think the world is church. This church is amazing. I have such amazing memories in this church. I, I felt the Spirit of God so powerful in this church. But it's not about the group. It's about you as an individual. It's about the wildfire catching in your heart, and it spreads to the world. I'll ask you this morning if you've got an ounce of honesty in your heart and if you really want to see what God can do in you and see what God can do in this church and this community, your families that you raised your hand about, I invite you this morning to come. Humble ourselves before this altar and say, Lord, help me. Help me. Help me, Lord, that I get rid of any of this kind because all I want is you. I don't have no room for nothing else. I just want you, God. Today's your day, right now. Let's start revival. I know you got one coming up, one of the greatest preachers I know. He's my, been my pastor for many, many years, Brother Kelly. But right, revival don't come with a man. It comes with getting a hold of God. And better yet, God getting a hold of you. Amen? Are you sick and tired of this kind? Have you been dealing with that for long, too long? Are you ready to get freedom? Are you ready to break the chains of what's got you bound? Are you ready to get up and start walking on victory like you used to, like you know you can? Are you getting ready to live for Jesus like God said you were able to do? Come and just give it to God. Because he says, I'm here. My arms are open wide and I will give you rest. I'll give you a, a, a lightning load. I'll give you an abundant life. Now you got a choice, friends. I'm going to hush, I promise. You've got a choice this morning. You can just fold your arms and say, that guy, he ain't going to make me do nothing. You're saying, I ain't going to move. I ain't moved in 20 years, and I ain't going to move now. You can stick out your tongue, stick out your lip, stick up your nose. I, I really, you know, my job, my responsibility in this place this morning is to come and preach the Word of God, the truth of God's Word to you. Not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. And by God's grace, I feel like I've done exactly what God. I have been up. This is not a new me or this is not a message I preached before that I, I just brought over. I thought, oh, this will work. This is a message straight from God to you, to me, right now. Now your responsibility is to react. Whatever you want to do. You can put your arms together, fold your, put the you know, this number. You can hold on to the pew and shake it like you're going out crazy. Or you can say, Lord, I'm tired. I'm sick and tired of being in the position I am. I'm sick and tired of not having the power of God. I'm sick and tired of not feeling your spirit like I once did. I'm sick and tired of going through this addiction that I'm having to deal with. You can get free right now from this kind.
but you got to do something. You got to come and pray. You got to sacrifice your pride. You got to sacrifice that old stinking pride that's got you bound up. Well, I'm not going in front of everybody. What do they think? That's pride talking. You know how I know? Because <laughs> I had to fight the same oily demon. That's of this kind that's holding you back from doing what God wants you to do. That's of this kind holding you back from being the daddy that you ought to be or the mama that you should be, that God created you to be. That's of this kind. You don't know it, but you're fighting against spirits. You're not fighting against flesh and blood. You're fighting against spirits. No, that's me doing what I want to do because I'm, I'm my own person. That's right. That's of this kind. That's a proud spirit that's not going to do what anybody tells you because you're the boss. I wonder if you feel that way if you keep doing what you're doing and go to hell. Will you be proud of yourself then? Your family needs you. This church needs you. God loves you. And he's given you everything he's got. He's made it all ready. If you'll lay down this kind. This morning. Will you stand? Our Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. Lord, I'm thankful and blessed to be here as this your holy house. Thank you for this wonderful congregation that's been so kind and patient and attentive to us. Thank you for your word, Lord, that you have given to us. But God, let's face it. If we're all honest, God, and you know us better than we know ourselves, God, you know that we need you right now. Everyone in this building, everyone with the sound of my voice, we need you. There's things that's hindering us things that we've been listening to. There's heartaches that we're dealing with. There's family members that's lost. There's all kinds of situations that's out of our control and God, we can't do it. So Lord, we're coming to you this morning and bringing it to you. Bringing it to you because we know that what we can't do, you can do all things. We're believing, Lord, this morning that you're going to take care of whatever we've got bound up with. Whatever's hindering our walk with you, our relationship with you, Lord, we're, we're just laying it over in your hands. We're trusting you this morning, and we're asking, God, that you might move in a mighty way. Oh, awaken the sleeping spirits, Lord. Help those that are backslidden and hypocritical in our spirit. Help those that's gossiping and running things down and instead of building things up. Help us, Father to be able to do your word no matter what anyone says. Help us to be bold in your word and help bold in your spirit. Let us do your will and not our own. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're about to do. We praise you already. In Jesus' name, amen.